This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. This episode of the Metal Slicks Podcast is brought to you by Converse Rubber Tracks. Any band can apply for a full day of studio time at converse.com slash rubber tracks. If selected, bands record at no cost while maintaining the rights to their own music. For more info, visit converse-music.com. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, yes. my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is your weekly That's examination of all things metal. The Metal Sucks Podcast brought to you this week by Crowbar. For nearly three decades, three decades, can you believe that, man? The name Crowbar has been synonymous with heavy, the riff lord rising ominously from the swamplands of New Orleans in 1990. Uh, they've been hailed internationally as one of the world's most for, uh, foremost purveyors of Crushing, Melodic Sludge, Crowbar, their 11th and latest album, The Serpent Only Lies, is both an affirmation of the band's staying power and a nod to their legacy. Crowbar will release The Serpent Only Lies on October 28th, which was last Friday, uh, via E1 and uh, in North America and SPV overseas. Check it out. We're going to hear a new song from Crowbar during this episode, awesome. so we got that coming awesome. up, man. It's I, This is comparable to anything they've done before, dude. It's like it's solid. I mean, anything fucking Weinstein does is badass, so... Uh, that interview he did with us was was that almost two years ago now. That yeah. was badass. Yeah, that was know? fun, dude. Yeah, just sitting in the back of a bar, just chilling with Kirk, man. He's a good, yeah. good dude, man. Hey, I was just up. talking about how much he likes to like show off the fact that he's Kirk Winstein to everybody else at his kid's school. I was like, That's cool. <laughs> awesome. Hey, uh, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast all over the place. iTunes, uh, Google, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I hear TuneIn is even getting podcasts, so hopefully at some point maybe be over there. So just check it out. Just search Metal Sucks Podcast wherever you get yours, and you might be able to find this podcast. Otherwise, MetalSucks.net every single Monday. You click on the podcast, uh, podcast tab at the top, and uh, boom, all of our podcasts load up right there in front of you. God damn it. It's amazing. Amazing. Uh, we get almost, what, well, this is 170, so yeah, we got plenty of podcasts for you to check out. Uh, and, and, and dude, yeah, yeah, it's good times. This, um, let's see. Oh, socials and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm uh, at Bearded Ape on social media. I'm at Godless Speaks, Godless Speaks on Facebook and Spotify. Uh, at Chuck and Godless on the Instagram and ChuckandGodless.com. That's our Patreon if you would like to support thank us. Thank you. Uh, thank you to everybody who's uh, been early adopters of our Patreon and adopters for that matter. We've, uh, we appreciate your, uh, your cash. Yeah, because uh, coming you know, your way soon. Yeah. It's good times. We got a lot of stuff coming up, man. This episode, we are going to talk to none other than Adam D. Most people know him of Kill Switch Engage. Uh, Not Wheel of Fortune? Uh, maybe maybe Wheel of Fortune. He's got a little <laughs> fame there. At least, you know, 50 grand worth of fame there. So there's some of that. And then also, a new death metal record that he's put out with Corpse Grinder Fisher. Uh, and dude, it's uh, it's pretty wicked. Serpentine Dominion. That's why we got a hold of him this time. Because that record is, uh, is out. And you got to... Dude, yeah. It's... um. It's death metal. It's definitely death metal. So, <laughs> and, and it's just—it's cool to hear somebody who just like—it's not what he has to do. It's like he just like wanted yeah, to do it. Yeah, totally. But we also made him do something he didn't want to do, 
which was talk politics because today is the the day that this, this comes out is the day before election day 2016 so like in the united states yeah we we've got no idea dude it's the election day for the world i don't give a fuck where you are what country are you fucking in everybody around i was listening to stories on npr about how japan is shitting their fucking pants about donald trump right now <laughs> so i don't give a fuck where you are this election is world fucking wide right now so what's gonna happen here is gonna is gonna change the goddamn world as as soon as donald trump gets elected it's idiocracy it's on dude i can't i can't wait we're gonna legalize weed and brondo is gonna t- it's got electrolytes where it's on it's on i can't wait so we, remember remember when i bet that ted cruz was gonna beat donald trump to get the uh, and you know and you were what right i that, say that, yeah but this time i'm right this time i'm right donald does not win it, Hillary's going to win. And, you know, I, I, if you're sitting in the Middle East, you're already got a pant, pants full of shit, right? So you're, it's like all you're doing is shitting more in the same pants. So, uh, you know, it's no good for anybody, whoever wins. Well, what we did is since we had this episode today, uh, we decided that we needed to pick Adam's brain a little bit about uh, about politics. So we cornered him a little bit on, the, on you know, issues because, you know, you think politics you think Adam Dukowitz, you know? It's like, yeah, that's the guy I think of. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Can, can we talk about this, though? I know we, talk, I know we talked ahead of time about talking about something else, but I, I think I'm already, you got me fired up, Chuck. Can we just, like, <laughs> what can we, we just dive about? in? Yeah, sure. Can we just, di- all right. So, so, all right. This has been the scariest election in the history of elections, right? Yeah. But I feel like most of the fear has been manufactured. The fear that Donald Trump has, you know, infused in his, his voters that your, your jobs are getting taken away, which they are, but not by, immigrants uh that that you're gonna get killed statistically does not show up that crime is running through the streets statistically doesn't show you know all these things but then on the other side all of the fear over oh my goodness trump is gonna he's gonna blow up the world you know you can't give him the nuclear weapon it's gonna be horrible it's horrible if you're a woman it's horrible if you're mexican it's horrible it just doesn't matter it's gonna be horrible so much fear and none of it really is true on either side all of it is a bunch of bogus bogus stuff that is only meant to 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 boost the side that is throwing that shit out there it's it's been awful to witness well and that's and that's basically what you see in the in any kind of election nowadays is that it's just about trying to scare the shit out of people to vote against the other guy not vote for your person you know hillary knows that she's got a 65 percent like hate rating or whatever the fuck you want to call it so you know what do you do you scare the shit out of people you know so you got to do what you got to do it's like look at this fucking asshole do you want him negotiating nuclear arms treaties no i don't know about that you know i don't know and for me my problem is is that uh, my problem with Trump is, is not that, not the new, you know, fuck it. I don't want anybody to have their finger on the button of anything ever. You know, there shouldn't, the nuclear weapon shouldn't even be an option. My problem is, is that the guy hasn't said three fucking words about what is actually going on. He's got, <laughs> like, his grammar is worse than George W. Bush's grammar. Like, the guy can't fucking speak. He's just a goddamn demagogue and a stuffed shirt. And that's the scariest fucking thing out of all of it. You know, it has nothing to do with it has nothing to do with his policies or anything like that. You know, whatever. It's just he this, doesn't have any policy. Yeah, this guy is. There's nothing to him. It's all about him, and that's really fucking frightening. 
You know, so and, and granted, he's the president we deserve. He really fucking is because he is. He is. because we're fucking shithead Americans sometimes. And this is one of those things where we fucking did this to ourselves. So suck it up and eat your goddamn eat your goddamn but, broccoli, man. So but she's the president we deserve too. We've had how many years to get away from her? Oh no, like I know. 30? I know. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm no fucking Hillary lover either, man. I felt the burn. I still do feel the burn. I think that was the fucking biggest biggest goddamn coup they ever did in the goddamn Democratic Party was burning down uh, old Bernie Sanders, man. But at the same time though, I also recognize that if, they, if Bernie would have made it uh past Hillary, I don't know that he would have been able to hang with the the Trump machine slash debate whatever the fuck he calls that thing he does. <laughs> You know, because Bernie, you know, he's he's a one message guy like he's on message. And I don't think he could uh, go with the flow with uh, with with Trump the way that Hillary can. She can box. No, no way to know. No way to know. But yeah, yeah, exactly. You you got no fucking idea. I got no because he could also just like raise the angry Jew and like go crazy on his ass. You know what I'm saying? It's like and school him. But Bernie's never done that. in you know, the 112 years that he's been alive. I know. I know. know, That's true. yeah, I mean, he was going to stay cool, calm, and collected with, you know, in that same zone that he's always in. And that would have been, you know, that's it. It's just the difference is that, you know, there would have been no ability by the GOP or Trump's people to tarnish him. True. You may not like yeah. Bernie, but there's nothing yeah, to tarnish yeah, yeah. him. There's no, there's nothing that's no going to come out in the news. It's what no he, said, he said the same thing for 40 years. He's had the same exactly. policy positions, you know, that stuff. Yeah. And you look at what's happened that in this election, the person uh, who has been in the news the most is the one whose poll ratings go down. There's nothing to talk about with Bernie. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. He yeah. would have. People would have been like, I don't even remember who Trump is running against, but I'm voting for him because that guy. Because <laughs> I'm not voting for that dude. Yeah. 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 I, know, I know. I don't know. I don't know. This is. A, it's going to be. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know whether to be. Uh, I don't know how to be. I really don't. I. This, th- you know. I. I, I'm, I've been saying it for eight years, 12 years, whatever. Well, eight years since it, so I was surprised that Obama beat Hillary, right? But uh, that she's going to be the next president of the United States, and she is, all right? So if you're listening to this after the, the you know, after the election, I, can, I told you so, right? So, <laughs> but she's going to win. And so now the question is, how do you keep her from being absolutely awful? Because she's been an absolutely awful person. So uh, how do you stop that? And the the GOP is in complete disarray. They can't do nothing. And the progressives have been trounced upon and have been uh, brought into the fold by the, by fear, the same way that the GOP did to the Tea Party years ago. And so there's no, there's nothing against her. Nothing and nobody against her. The problem now is that the GOP can't really be against her because everybody expects it and nobody takes them seriously. Even Fox News doesn't take them seriously anymore. So, well, this, well, the she's the, got the, yeah, I don't know. The, the, the difference there is, is that that, you know, when Ted Cruz looks like the good option, you know, um, <laughs> we got trouble. So the so the problem is, is that. Uh, you know the Fox News they they've they, they've jumped off the Trump ship for the most part. So you know if he loses, they can say I told you so, and they've got all those all those bandwagon Republicans that didn't jump on that thing w- w- jump on the train with them can say basically like look you fucked it up and you know let the let the adults play. 
and I, I don't know. I, yeah, I just but they they won't be addressing the problems of the people who were gung ho for Trump. They've never and addressed the problems of anybody they, who's concerned about I, anything ever. Exactly, and they they won't and they be won't. able to get those people back on board. Well, those people are angrier at Paul Ryan than they are anybody. And right? the hope is is that it'll disenfranchise them, and they won't fucking vote again. Is what is basically what they're gonna what they're gonna bank on, and try to try to find an, at least try to reclaim. The evangelicalism, because the other problem is, is when you're talking about some of some of them, you know, you've got you've got some a really mixed bag of odd people that are in that group, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's there's some people you may or may not want to be aligned with, you know. So uh, in the GOP, the GOP mainstream or the Trump in the Trump in the Trump trunk, uh, and, yeah, and, but, and they were in the GOP mainstream before. Yep. And then they were in the Tea Party, and then they were in the Trump train, and you know what I'm saying? It's like they came from that that side, you know the the David Duke army, you know. It's like the it's like that side that that piece of it, and it's like oh, there's a lot of scary shit going on over there. But yeah, you know, whatever, too dude. Small sliver. Too you know, no, November 9th is good, and this is weird. It's weird because my wife. This is the first time ever. Like I've been married to her for 16 years now. And this is the first time ever that she's watched, like, every debate has been, like, right there on on the whole, like, right there watching it. And I'm like, this is amazing. All right. This is kind of cool because she's actually got an opinion about it. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. But it's also because it's a fucking shit show, you know. And and, and what was her be- her take on it is the best one by far, though, is that, you know, November 9th, uh, we ain't going to be dead. So got to get up and go to work. <laughs> And you know it's gonna it's gonna keep moving, and they're gonna screw us <laughs> one way or another. Yep. We're gonna have to pay taxes, and you know our insurance is gonna go up, and it's all gonna be the fucking same for for all of us on this end. You know, like I say, is keep your passport warm, people. Keep the, it warm. The power struggle the, is the at the top. The world dude. would love to have you. The power struggle is at the top. And they're fighting for billions and billions of billions and billions of dollars and all the fucking power. And the rest of us don't get fucking dick. So, yeah, we're kind of screwed no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Here comes the future. Robots, (sighs) man. <laughs> robots. Hey, robots. dude. Yeah, I saw the sex robots, man. I, I saw the sex, the Japanese sex robots. It's uh-huh. on. All right. Uh-huh. The, this virtual reality sex robots. Uh, yeah. Fucking a. That's all I need. I'm good to what go. That's why I said they legalize weed, man, and ev- all these problems go away, man. You know, nothing <laughs> to worry about. It's all good. I'm, I'm still surprised like that hasn't happened just to pacify uh, the people. You know, like well, it's because of the tobacco lobby and and alcohol. That's yeah, but still, that's what I'm saying. If you want to pacify the people, man, like really pacify the people, man, you know, you do it right, and that's <laughs> at some point it's gonna come around. It really is, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, Metal Sucks. Uh, this episode of the Metal Sucks podcast brought to you by uh, Converse Rubber Tracks. Uh, any band can apply for a full day of studio time at Converse.com slash Rubber Tracks. If selected, bands recorded no cost while maintaining the rights to their own music. For more info, visit Converse-Music.com uh, to get some more details on Rubber Tracks. Man, there's been a lot of cool stuff that's come out of those Rubber oh, Tracks, dude. Rubber Tracks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like I've seen some uh, even Austin natives, some uh, locals that have gone through there, and uh, some other cool stuff. There's a lot of been a lot of good stuff that's come through there. So, yeah, if you are a band, something for you to check out. Great company. 
Uh, let's see. We're going to hear a song from Crowbar here in a little bit, uh, something new. We're also going to talk about the latest uh, Twitter feud because, you know, with the Trump train, that's how we're going to solve our problems in the future is Twitter. You know, it's uh, 140 characters or less. We'll just duke it out. So we're going to talk about D. Snyder and Chris Barnes getting into it uh, here to, to toward the tail end of the show. But right now, let's get into our interview with uh, Adam D. Talking politics, talking Serpentine Dominion, a little kill switch engage action. A lot of good stuff. Adam D. on the Metal Sucks Podcast. Adam, what's up, dude? How you doing? It's uh, Chuck and Godless, man. Good, man. Just chilling. How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Cool, hey cool. Adam, we're gonna oh, yeah, we're, we're gonna run this episode like the day before election day. Ah, how about that? So so <laughs> we so like we got we were, we were talking about like election coverage and stuff like that and and uh, you know who better to ask than than Adam? Yeah, did you vote already? <laughs> or are you still yet to vote? Um, I'm so I'm so political. I know all I want to do is talk politics all the time. I right? know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking funny. Um, and no, I, I I didn't vote because uh, well, I asked for a um, a mail in uh, ballot, and uh, I haven't received it yet, so I don't think I'm going to be able to vote. Oh man! So see, it what is rigged. Yeah. It's fucking completely rigged, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Oh, son of a. Yeah. Did you get involved in the primaries? Fuck no. Well, it's 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 funny, man, because like I. I I can't deal with drama. I don't know. It's just me getting old and, or older and shit. But, uh, it's just like these, these two fucking just bicker at each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they don't even, like, talk the, the topics for real. You know, it's just like all they want to do is name call. You know, like, oh, well, you're, you're a crook. Oh, well, you're a, you're a bigot and, you know, a sexist and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, it's kind of just pointless, you know? Is that, it seems like everything's that way, though, these days, right? It is. It really is. So that's why I just kind of hide from society and, you know, drink beer and, you know, make diarrheas and enjoy my life. You know? <laughs> you've got to admit, though, you've got kind of a, a unique perspective on a lot of the stuff because you see every different facet of uh, the American life, if you will, right. from all over the nation. You know, uh, each coast in the Midwest, I mean, a little bit of everything. So you kind of see the salt of the earth, if you will. I suppose you're right. You know, only at surface level, though. You know, it's uh, you don't really get to know you know, a place unless you're, you're there for an extended period of time, I suppose. And, uh, you know, when we're on tour, you know, we're, we're there for like, you know, 16 hours, so, you know, and usually it means we're in a club and, uh, and then after that I'm in my bunk or, uh, you know, taking a jog or, you know, drinking beer. That's about it. So, you know, surface level. But 16 hours is more time than Hillary Clinton spent any time, any one day in a, in a state at any time either. So, I mean, it's about it's the same equivalent. I'm probably more connected with the American people than Hillary Clinton is, yeah. <laughs> but I would figure that, you know, Killswitch Engage, at least, has got a history of fucked up emails going around. The Hillary Clinton perspective, you guys, you'd know exactly what's going on with the, the email scandal. Fuck. Up emails? What are you talking about? We don't have well, didn't, a didn't, up didn't Jesse originally quit from via email? Oh, gee, wow! All right, I stand corrected. Yeah, that that's. Just, <laughs> I think I think Mike hasn't really uh, forgiven him for that. Still, it was. Uh, it is kind of the 
the shittiest way to quit a band ever, you know, and like, especially if you guys consider yourself friends, but maybe I haven't let go of it yet. Who knows? <laughs> Fucking <laughs> shit. But no, bygones are bygones. It's fine. It's fine. There's no drama behind that. But yeah, it was, it was a bit fucked up. You don't guys, if you're quitting your band, don't quit your band via email, email or, or, te- or text message. I mean, text message probably counts the same way too, right? Right. Okay. Would you break oh. up with a girlfriend via text message? Somebody well, you've been with for years? Uh, Somebody you've been with for years? Uh, it depends on how bad it is. But, uh, you know, it's like in the news this week was like the whole Asking Alexandria thing. Like the singer of Asking Alexandria broke up with the band sort of the way I broke up with every girl ever, which is the wimpiest way ever. I just stopped communicating. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's not good. That, you can't yeah. do that. No, no. Yeah, ghosting. Yeah. So an email is step up from that. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose you're right. <laughs> it still doesn't make it good, though. You should just feel yeah. lucky you didn't end up in your spam folder, you know? Yeah, right. No kidding, right? Like, oh, I wonder where it is. I wonder if we're going to play again. Oh, um. See, I think like a precondition of him getting back in the band is that you, you have to assign his email address to a potential spam so that way you let him know, look, you send it any, me an email again, I ain't going to get it. I ain't getting shit. You know, you got you to gotta right, tell Right, right. Yeah, I guess we should have done that, but oh, well, then I guess the whole communication thing would have been a pain in the ass, wouldn't it? Well, you seem to have gotten a pretty good relationship repaired here. You're doing multiple projects with him. He's doing shit for yeah, you for yeah. Serpentine. Everything. No, don't get me wrong. Everything. Everything's fine now. Oh yeah, we're we're all good now. But we Is we he, contact you know Prime mostly through email nowadays. That's that's pretty much it. I mean, how does that process work for you as far as like let, getting that resolved? Is it just maturity? You guys are growing up, or I mean, da, 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 or do you have to sit down and have a conversation about that sort of thing? Well, of course, it it is the whole growing up thing. Mostly, you know, think about you know when all that went down. That was uh. My God, it must have been like 2000. Mm-hmm. So 15 years ago, yeah. Yeah, man. So, you know, people grow up a lot in 15 years. You know, it's uh, especially when, when you're like, you're pre- I'm pretty much over the hill, man. It's all like, I've got, you know, <laughs> I'm going to grasp onto the fun times I have left. You know, it's it's pretty much, a, you know, the, the brakes are out on this thing, man. So we're going straight down the hill. But, so you went old lady but, uh, on us yeah. when you went on The Price is Right. So it's all good, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, I, I I would definitely say we're all more mature individuals now, you know. But I would imagine like he, he comes back. I mean, there's got to be all sorts of rules. There's there's like whenever you break up with somebody, you like there's it's not just their them physically, but there's all those like annoying things that they do. You remember know? that, that thing you, you used to do with your teeth, where you click them all the time. You gotta stop yeah. doing that thing. And when you and we're when you really get in- that email. You know, you're like, like, oh my God, he's gone. And you, at first, you're like, that sucks. But then, like on day two, you're like, yeah, but I don't have to put up with that shit anymore, ever again. You know, if you you want to talk about that, like back in the day, the one thing that that well, actually, there's a couple things. Uh, <laughs> the main thing at that point in our career that like really chapped my ass with Jesse was um, he he is like the smallest bladder in the entire freaking world so we were we were still doing van tours back then and he would just while we were driving he would just piss in gatorade bottles and leave them on the floor of the van and like (laughs) so like yeah so my my driving shift would be over so i'd go lay down on the floor and i'd wake up there'd just be like a warm bottle of piss in my face you know like (laughs) oh my god dude come on you know 
It's cool because it was you know, at least capped, you know, so it wasn't everywhere. <laughs> the, the van didn't smell like a, a kitty litter dish, you know. It's, uh, it, but still, you know, it's kind of a rude awakening. Like, ah, oh, cool, I'm surrounded by bottles of piss. That's great. But it's like, it's, it's like a Pepsi bottle. You're, you can feel pretty confident that you know what's in the bottle. With Gatorade, visually, oh, man. there's no difference. Man, the only thing that color I drink is, is beer. You know, and you can tell the difference between beer and piss pretty easily, I think. So. Well, it depends on how many beers you've had, I guess, you know. I can't tell if this is used motor oil or beer. That's oh, all good. Nah. The way I look yeah, at it, if drinking. I'm telling the difference between beer and piss by taste, it's already too late. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty cool that you guys have been able to kind of reconcile that and get that back together and, and to see, you know, how he's kind of been folded into some of the serpentine stuff, you know, as well. That's kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Honestly, like, and all jokes aside, that, that kid's, you know, been one of my good friends my entire life, you know, so uh, it was very easy to, you know. Forgive and forget with him, you know. I just he, that's that's the way it was between he and I. But um, yeah, like it, he's also that dude that I've always loved making music and you know lyrics with. So uh, once George kind of threw in the, um, the the white flag for uh, you know vocal writing and in lyrics and stuff, uh, Jesse was just a no brainer, man. You know, he's just easy to write with. He completes me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so describe that. Like, uh, so what, I know that uh, that Chorus Grinder kind of—I don't want to say bowed out, but but decided to pass on the duties as far as some of the uh, lyric, lyric is, lyrics are concerned. So, how did that? How what was that conversation like? What what did, what did he say yeah, about well, what he wanted from this? Yeah, well, George doesn't write lyrics. Yeah, I know. You knew that. Yeah. yeah, so he's never really written lyrics. So because it's pretty much Paul, right? That writes it in Cor- in Cannibal, right? Is it? Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was several of the dudes. I know. I think no, Alex, Alex probably too. too. Yeah, yeah. He just said he wanted to give it a shot, and you know, there was no real time frame on this project. Obviously, it took seven freaking years. And like, oh, go for it, man. And uh, you know, he he kind of just uh, kind of like you know the whole thing with no communication at all. It would just stop. I'm like, uh oh, what's going on with this guy? So once I had corner, I mean, he'd be like. Yeah, man, I'm I'm not really, I don't really have anything. I'm having a tough time with it. Let me try again. And that kept going on for months and months. And, uh, you know, once it got to a point where I was like, hey, well, I don't think this is going to work because you've been trying for a while and you still got nothing. He kind of admitted, yeah, it wasn't really going to happen. So that's, it was, it was, it was that easy, man. You know, just, uh. It was just a time con- consumption. The, the the fact that so much time slipped by, I think that. Uh, did he ever show you what he had? Did he did he ever like give you no. some of the rudimentary stuff and go check this out? Not at all. No. Yeah. Hmm. No. Not a. Just curious. I, I what, I'm I'm just curious, like what Corpse Grinder would write. Yeah. See, one of two yeah, things: right. either it's roses or red, violets or blue, or it's like you know quantum physics. You know, and he just can't get the. <laughs> The shit of a rhyme, you know? He's like Neil deGrasse Tyson and right. just like a, you know, <laughs> gigantic man body. Freaking <laughs> great. Yeah, we'll never know. You'll, you'll have to set up an interview with George for that one, man. Uh, so did you, yeah. when you're talking to Jesse, are you like, look, all right, I think with this music, we need to be singing about, and it's fill in the blank. Or do you just go to him and go, what should, what would be funny to see George singing? For the, for the lyrics of this record, we, we gave Jesse a, um, like a, a broad topic to just kind of like expand upon and, you know, and kind of just uh, you know, write some freeform stuff with. 
So uh, from there, he, he took it, and then I actually added stuff to it. Yeah, I think George and I had, had the idea of what we wanted the record to be about, you know, before we even spoke with Jesse. Yeah, I think George actually was may have been the one. I think he was the one that came up with the whole the whole theme. Uh, and what's the theme? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's, well it's, it's actually a, a great time to release the record. You know, we were talking about how we wanted to make a record. You know, based upon the uh, the the corrupt you know the corrupt things that exist beyond what's really you know you can see out there. It's there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that you know a lot of people aren't aware of. Um, with, you know, all, all the, the corruption in, in the government and all the big business corruption and all the, the big money-making schemes out there and all the, all the dirty people out there, man, not really thinking about the, uh, the general public and more so about greed and, and wealth and power. You know, it's, it, it seems to be such a, a tremendous thing nowadays within, within uh, our society. Are you a Jill Stein guy? A Jill Stein guy. No, I'm. Just, I, I wouldn't say I'm really. Uh, I'm not a guy at all, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's making death metal great yeah. again. That's what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, just trying, man. I wouldn't say that we're really doing it. But we're trying. Yeah, we're we're making our best effort at it. Yeah. Well, I think that's sort of what we picked up on as far as the political stuff. You know, this is probably uh, more along the lines of like what Dying Fetus would do with an album, you know, as far as a death metal album is concerned versus what like Cannibal Corpse yeah. did or what you've done with Times of Grace right. or Kill Switch. You know, so it's got a little more political right. overtones to it than anything you've done, really. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say so. Um, you know, so, it's, you know, it's a pretty, pretty good time to release the record. I guess we waited seven years for, uh, you know, the right time. <laughs> That's what it all is. It's just an all big marketing ploy. Like you've held, you've had this done for like that long, and it's just I now's wish. the perfect time, ready, ready to go. Yeah, I wish it was out of my life a long time ago. <laughs> trust me. Yeah, trust me. So, are you, are you like looking at those WikiLeaks emails that are coming out and going like, "What the hell? It's even worse than I thought." You know that sort of reaction, or are you just like, "I'm not, I'm not, I don't want, I don't want to know anymore. I just don't want to know. I just wrote the album. I'm done." I, I would say it's it's more the the second one, uh, but it's almost uh, at the same time. It's also an, uh, a bit of uh, yeah, probably. You know what I mean? It's it's you know people kind of you know turn turn their uh, turn their back to, to reality sometimes. Yeah, those things are happening, of course. Yeah, uh, so uh, you know I kind of almost uh, partially expect bad stuff like that to be happening behind the scenes, of course. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, I keep on hearing like you know uh, some of the more liberal uh, podcasts and stuff that I listen to. They they'll start going, well, you know, I do want a politician who doesn't tell me everything that they believe, and I'm like, no, I I want to vote for somebody who is going to tell me what they believe. You know, a lot of the people out there really see ignorance as bliss. You know, it's uh, it, um, they're happier not knowing all of the the stuff that's happening. You know, and so it's a uh, you know, it's it's all. I mean, that's part of uh, what's great about being an American. You can uh, get into it as much as you want. You can listen to what they have to say. You can you can get all mad about it, or you can just not care, and it won't really affect your life. You know, it's, uh, it just reminds me of that movie, yeah. The Big Short, where they're talking about how like uh, 
you know, most people are, they, they just really don't want to face anything scary and they'll do everything they possibly can in their lives to be comforted and to be entertained, be distracted from anything that is scary. And, but right. the results of that is, you know, can be catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Yeah. Especially on, on a large scale. And a lot of, most America started doing that, you know, what, what would happen, you know? If, the, if the, our entire populace just became ignorant and didn't really want to talk about anything like that anymore, then, yeah. President What's Adam that? D., you, your first 90 days, what are you doing? Yep. Oh, man, strip club in every town. Uh, <laughs> let's lower the price on beer. Uh, oh, come let's on. See, let's legal, legalize every freaking drug out there. Yes. Yeah, man. Let's, oh, let's all right, so you're a Gary Johnson guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? We really should be legalizing a lot of stuff, man, because think about the tax revenue. Like, look at Colorado, all the things they're doing with uh, all the tax revenue they've got with, uh, with marijuana, legal marijuana sales now. It's like, come on. That's the, that's the easiest thing in the world. Like, you know, how many violent crimes are due to marijuana? Give me a break, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not, not, not to mention the private prison system and all that stuff that goes along with it as well. And, and criminalizing an entire uh, generation and or race of people. Uh, ba- well, yeah, based yeah. on that, based extended. on that, you know. So yeah, indentured servitude and slavery. Like seriously, it's just it. It makes sense. It makes sense to to, to legalize and you know you can use all that tax revenue for oh, so many good things. And it's really not. I don't think it's a problem drug. It really isn't. You know, it's not like we're going to legalize crystal meth and give it to to preschoolers. You know. Well, there is, you know, it's good for ADHD, you know, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, in a way. It, it might, it might have some properties that work out there. We, that's sort of what Ritalin was in a weird way, you know? The only yeah, reason they won't great, let us give meth to little kids is because the pharmaceutical yeah. industry won't allow us to do it. That's the only reason. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Legalized shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how are you fixing the Middle East? Oh my God. How do you fix the Middle East? Well, I mean, come on. So you're the president. Why, you know, you tell us. <laughs> we're, defa- we're defaulting to you, man. It's like um... <laughs> yeah, we're really talking politics, huh? Well, it's, um, well we, we don't need they, to. Uh, I mean, if you don't want it, it's all good. But no, no, it's fine. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of of a, a, a strange scenario because you know we 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 almost you know started a lot of stuff over there, and like you know to back out now would be you know what good what good would that be you know? But at the same time. You know, this shouldn't have been our business in the first place, you know. So, yeah, that's, it's just a, it's a mess. It's a mess. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of hatred over there, man. It's a lot of hatred that, who knows, who, who could really stop hatred? That's what keeps the whole machine moving, man. The military-industrial complex and all that, you know. It's like, you got to keep it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, you look at Syria, we're arming both sides, if not three sides of the conflict at the same goddamn time. Doesn't that make you want to just throw up? It's. Ridiculous. Oh, like, just, like, how is that problem solving? Give me a break, man. Yeah, it's just, yeah. uh, well, you, you know, you really way, have nothing, nothing to say to that. That's like, that's not how you fix issues. You're, you're obviously making it worse. But if I were to like pull out my Henry, my inner Henry Kissinger, I would say that possibly it is because what it does is it gets all these people mired in this one little patch of the world and it's a it's a you know it, it sucks but it ends up being a toilet bowl that you're flushing for years and it keeps the shit in that one spot you know what i mean 
I guess. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, mean, I don't. I don't really think much about things like that. But uh, well, yeah, you know, the Middle East is a toilet bowl. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I didn't say it, man. I'm just, I'm just repeating what you said. <laughs> yeah. you it what. was funny. All right, so all right, going back to 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 uh, Serpentine and all that. So like, I, I'm reading an interview with Jesse recently, and he was talking about how like. <laughs> that you guys aren't going to wait like three years for the next Kill Switch album because he says you guys are going to be writing music while you're touring. And I want to know, have you informed him how difficult it is to write music while you're touring? That's funny that he said that because I don't have any plans on writing music while I'm touring. So. Wow. <laughs> so maybe... maybe Hopefully man. he's going to start writing lyrics while we're touring because uh, yeah. that uh, see man I keep running into all these problems with singers you know it's not having enough material and stuff so that's what happened with the last Killswitch record too so if he if he starts writing some lyrics and gets some stuff going for this ne- this next tour that's fantastic news you know for sure <laughs> but uh, I don't have any plans to be writing anything during this next tour it's uh it yes it is very very difficult I don't. I don't find inspiration being in a, you know, a tour bus that smells like, uh, you know, like a, the, the penguin tank at a zoo as inspiration. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it doesn't really make me want to write music and have feelings except, you know, maybe uh, nausea. That is a very specific odor, though. I know exactly. Like you oh, said yeah. it, you said it, and I've totally. You know that, you know that penguin tank odor. I, I totally just tasted it, like for just a second <laughs> when you said that. I was like, wow. That's real. Mm, that's yeah. I remember that. As taste. long as that, <laughs> as long as that doesn't taste like a straight Gatorade bottle, or Chuck. I think we're all right. Yeah, right. Uh, exactly. Makes me not want to ever eat penguin. Well, nah, I still want to. I still, still want to eat penguin. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> kind of tasty. That's how you saw global just, warming. Okay. Is it just about the inspiration, or is it like like a logistics issue too? Well, yeah, that too. And you know, when you're when you're in Europe, you know, it's. Uh, I can't really bring over a, a a rig to record, you know, a full full demo production and stuff like that, you know. So it's it's a little tough, yeah, of course. And you know, to get you know stage guitars in, in the uh, in the bus when the guys need them on stage and all that stuff, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world. It's doable. It's just not easy. Yeah, I think we were talking to like uh, Gojira or somebody like Joe Duplantier was talking about like how he just has a laptop and. Like he was playing demo stuff that they were writing on the road, and I thought that was just like the weirdest thing. It's like, how can you focus on on that while everything else is going on? And, but I guess, and we, but at the same time, we hear that there's a lot of you know so much downtime while you're on tour, you know, in between shows while you're you know the hurry up and wait game. You almost right. seem like you would have a lot of time too. Yeah, no, no, there there actually is a lot of time, believe it or not. Um, yeah, that's that's when we all try to like actually have lives and. You know, maybe go out and grab some food and a couple of drinks and stuff. You know, it's like that's one thing I think uh, our our band is pretty good at doing um, is, uh, you know, those 16 hours we were talking about, whatever it was, uh, wherever we are, you know, we'll try to make the most of it and go go out and do a little something. You know, and it's, uh, it makes tour way more tolerable instead of just locking yourself into, you know, one of the like a, a tour or a, a tour bus you know, back lounge or something like that for hours on end and not even seeing the sun, you know, 
I'd, I would personally probably go crazy if I didn't get outside for a little bit. Nah, get back to work, hippie. All right, whatever. So is there yeah, like, right. a, like an environment? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is there like an environment that you've got built at, at like at home that is the environment you need in order to write in? Oh yeah, it's 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 perfect. I've got um like I got a little like um studio overdub mix room in my place, and everything's just set up and ready to go whenever I'm in demo writing mode. So say like. You know, if I'm like hanging around and I've got a, a song idea pops in my head, I can literally get it down with all of my instruments and all my gear in like, you know, a couple of minutes because nice. everything's just set up and, and ready to fly. It's very conducive to getting, you know, musical thoughts and ideas down and, you know, recorded like very, very quickly. So it's, uh, you know, I think that's, that's when the creative juices really flow the best for me when they just happen, you know quickly and you, you hear what's how things happen and you just kind of once you hear one idea down you know more ideas kind of rush in quicker quickly you know inspirational cat poster on the wall you know you're ready to rock yeah, yeah. so are you are yeah. you like <laughs> at 2 p.m i need to be there to you know to demo i and and make ideas happen until dinner at six or whatever or are you like doing other shit and then all of a sudden something pops in your head you got to run do a little bit of both you know and uh I'll do that, you know, every every dude who writes music does it, you know, I'll do the, uh, I'll be out away from, you know, from my house and I'll have an idea in my head and I'll just sing it into my iPhone and, you know, later when I get back home, I'll listen to it and once, you know, once I hear it again, I'll be able to record it hopefully and if it, you know, if it works out, it works out. I do that all the time as well. Have you ever left a voicemail for yourself with a song idea and then at the end, just out of instinct, go, love you, bye. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> well, maybe I should start doing that. It's kind of a yeah, it'd a be good, good for uh, ego. It's kind just, of a little, a little yeah. musical pat on the back, like, "Hey, man, I love you." Self affirmation, you <laughs> know. You got to be like, You're "Hey, doing a good job, bro." I love myself. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a good guy. You know, it's a yeah. Stuart Smalley sort of Might thing. Not yeah. Be a, yeah, exactly. Might not be a bad idea. But it seems like you're always being productive. I mean, I, I, and, I, you know, go, going back into your history, it's like you, you go to school to learn bass, you, you start playing drums, drums, you end up playing guitar. I mean, what the hell? Can't you just choose something yeah. and be good at that? No, I have to be uh, jack-of-all-trades, master of none. <laughs> oh, I wish I could, like, just yeah. be good at one thing, just one thing enough that could be accepted by anybody. But yeah, why, why be good in, at something when you can be mediocre at a bunch? See, I, I blame it on people like you that are good at so many different things that, you know, you've taken it all from the rest of us. So it's not actually my fault. I can, I can you know, shift that blame to somebody else. So. Uh, can you be mediocre? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> you're taking all the can talent, you, be, you son of a bitch. Uh, can you be mediocre at Berkeley? Yeah, you can be mediocre, but there's a lot of mediocre people at Berkeley. Absolutely. <laughs> really? Wow, they oh, take yeah. money from anybody. Oh, yeah. Did you pay oh, exactly. off your uh, uh, student loans already? I have, thank God, thank God. Oh. That's I, I've been very fortunate to be able to get rid of uh, my my student loans, but uh, my God, I, I I it just blows my mind thinking about all the kids nowadays. Like my school wasn't very expensive compared to what's you know out there today, man. Like it's it's absolutely mind boggling how these people are taking out these massive loans, and, and I think I, I saw some report on the news the other day, just like how rude kids are with like these tremendous loans and you know how many years it's going to potentially take them to pay them off and you know it's like wow that's how do people do that nowadays it's crazy is it worth it especially at a place well, like berkeley is it worth it um 
<laughs> the funny thing, Berkeley? No, absolutely not. If if I knew what I know now, I probably wouldn't have even bothered with with college. You know, it depends on what what you go into, like what you're looking at. You know, I'm sure, of course, I'm sure it's worth it if you want to, like, you know, to be a doctor, obviously. But, uh, you know, it just depends on what you want to major in. I just, I just saw a news flash here on my Google Alerts. Uh, the Adam D. Library at Berkeley College has been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I think the only thing they would name after me at that school would be a toilet. Mm. <laughs> yeah. but was there anything any value in like the networking the people the other students that you met that you've been able to retain profitable relationships with all these years later i only know my roommates still that's really it that's which is funny um yeah i really didn't network i was like i was a bookworm man i just like studied and studied and didn't really party or anything just kind of uh i got pretty good grades I'll tell you that but uh yeah, I didn't. I didn't really do much in in college, you know. You know, it's weird. It's a, I've heard that from you know a lot of people, and I've actually thought that myself. It's like you know what I went to college for. I really, I probably would have been better off starting my job five or six years earlier to get that career going instead yeah. of doing the college or you know or that, and that sort of thing. But I mean, do you think it laid any groundwork as far as like some of your producing career or any of that side of things or you know it, it gave me a little bit uh at that point in my life it gave me a little bit more hands-on uh with a lot of gear that i didn't have access to mm. um but I'll, I'll tell you man the uh where i really learned uh how to engineer and how to get sounds uh was just from you know interning i started interning uh right when I got out of high school, I believe, you know, right, like right when uh, I graduated right before college. And, uh, yeah, just kept, kept interning and interning until uh, they decided to start throwing me some, uh, some of the easier sessions. And once I got more comfortable with the easier sessions, they'd throw me, you know, full, full productions and stuff like that. And then just started cranking out music. Yeah. And that on the job training is like priceless, right? Dude, it's, it's so much better. If you're going into music production or any kind of music engineering, it's, the only way to learn is by doing it and getting hands-on, I'm telling you. It's like I, I learned so much quicker by have just getting hands-on with it instead of, you know, studying manuals and doing projects at, at a music school, you know? Yeah, it was the same way, like, because uh, I was a RTF, like, radio guy, right? So, you know, until <laughs> I've, uh, all the bullshit I took beforehand, I'm like, eh, whatever, whatever. As soon as I got into the hands-on stuff, it just, like, took off and suddenly my grades like took off because i was having a better time and everything else and then you know and it just did the same thing the internship like led to everything else so yeah that's a on-the-job training goes a long ass way absolutely absolutely that's why i say like man if i just spent more time interning i probably could have saved a buttload of time and a buttload of money I mean, when you talk about learning production, I hear like passion, you know, and nobody in the history of music's ever been passionate about the bass guitar. So, like, <laughs> becoming a musician was that like no, no, nobody I mean, likes the bass guitar. Nobody, nobody does. So, but did did, did did actually like being a musician almost be like an accident? Did you always envision yourself as being a producer first and a musician second? How did that all flow? Uh, yeah, I come from a sensible Polish family. So uh, the, the music thing was always like the drive, you know. Um, so when I was thinking about, all right, it's time to figure out what I'm going to do for for a career, you know, it was like, all right, well, why don't I combine, you know, the passion of music with the sensibility of being an audio engineer? So that's kind of where that came from. But uh, I, I I love it though. It's like I freaking as soon as I started getting my 
my hands dirty with it. And it was just, it made so much sense to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm making sounds. And, you know, there's so many different ways you can apply yourself being an audio engineer as well. So, yeah, it just kind of made a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, whether you're talking about like a live aspect, a recording aspect, uh, I mean, there's so many different ways that you could like t- that could work for you. Or, or audio for video, film, mm-hmm. you know, TV production, any of that stuff. Yeah, totally. And I would imagine, like, you know, I mean, every album that Killswitch has done is done very, very well. I mean, you've sold millions of copies of albums at this point. But has there ever been a point in the band where you looked at the other guys and went, boy, you, you probably ought to be thinking about learning how to do something else, because if this continues, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. You guys are so screwed once we break yeah. up, man. Like, I, yeah, got, totally. I, got a, I got a job, bro. You guys are hosed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but has that ever come uh, I up? Think, um, the, all the guys in our band um, are, are are motivated individuals who are they're not dummies, you know. They they could all figure something out if you know, say, if something were to happen to the band tomorrow. You know, it's it's not really. Uh, I don't think anyone would be like you know out in the street begging for money anytime soon or, or food. You know, I think people have enough drive and you know smarts to be able to apply themselves if anything were ever happen. Who's the one guy who's got the real that that like wacky dummy idea he'll overinvest in? You know, like a vineyard or something stupid like that. There's one. I was gonna oh, say that. Who is it? Jesse. You yes. couldn't guess it'd be Jesse. Come on, man. <laughs> I was gonna, I was, yeah, I was going to say it's probably going to be. Jesse. He's a singer. He's a freaking <laughs> singer, man. That's what singers do. Maynard's on a wine tour right, yeah, right. now. Instead of writing a tour record, Maynard man. Maynard is a vineyard. <laughs> Maynard is a vineyard. Uh, is his wine even good? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> no comment. I'm not going to comment. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll, oh, I'll answer that when we get a new tool record. All right, good. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, does you know, does Justin got a backup plan? I mean, what, what you know? What? <laughs> yeah, that that's actually a, a good point. I'm not sure what Justin would do, um, but you know, of course, he he would be playing drums for somebody. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's a talented dude, so I don't I don't think it'd be too hard for him to get a gig. So now it's all starting, all the pieces are starting to fall together because, you know, you read like about, you know, stuff that's gone on in the history of the band. And it's like, like when Howard goes, hey, man, I don't want you to produce my vocals. The first thought that goes through your head must be, well, yeah, I can kind of picture you flipping a pizza in six months, right? (laughs) That's actually not what went through my head. (laughs) Flipping a pizza. Oh, pizza's good, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you, you got to be equally as as passionate for pizza than I, I am for metal. I love pizza; it's really good. <laughs> but I can picture at least you going, "Hey, you know, you might want to start looking at this program called Berkeley College of Music because you yeah, might right. want to think about a backup plan." <laughs> oh no! Everybody's got it together. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> Serpentine Dominion, man. Like you said, you're making death metal great again, dude. So, uh, <laughs> hey, I didn't say that. <laughs> I said it. I, I even said it. I said it. Uh, dude, it's a, it's a fun record. It really is, man. I, it's it's pretty intense. Not completely unexpected. Uh, when is when I first heard "Vengeance Me," I was like, "Holy shit! What? What? Uh, it's awesome!" So, congratulations, man. Oh, great! Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, we uh, we had a lot of fun making it. It was a, a really good time. I I love thrash. I love death metal. So and. Uh, I think those other two guys are so damn talented. It was kind of just a blast for me to be able to do a project with those guys, you know? know now, will it be a project, or do you anticipate 
writing more songs for that for the, for that for that band. You know, we're we're gonna play that out. We'll see what happens over time because I don't want to write any more music if everybody hates it. Obviously, <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll see. I don't. I'm not a. I don't think everyone's a glutton for punishment out there. So um, you know, we'll see how the records you know received first it's so much more honest than when those people go man i write my music for myself man and if people don't like it that's all right you know but i just write for yeah. you're like no i'm writing and if nobody else likes it then i'm not writing for anybody myself included yeah. I like that. that's good well you know for, to be honest with you though there is a little bit of element of uh i'm writing this for for myself on this one which is funny because you know like i said it, i like it was such a uh a cool thing for me to be able to do something uh, more aggressive than my normal gig. You know what I mean? So it, it was almost like a, uh, a bloodletting. Like, oh, cool, I can, I can do this for a second. This is fun, man. So uh, that was in, in that aspect, yeah, it was, it was kind of for myself a little bit. There, there'll be another one in there. You just got to get angry enough. Sooner or later, you'll, you'll get angry yeah, enough, but, and you'll have it in there, and you go, okay, bam. Yep, maybe. I don't know. I got to, like, wreck my car or something. I don't know. <laughs> God. God. I'm picturing, get, get, I'm picturing like, the opposite going on. Like, I picture you, like, becoming Mormon, and you marry seven women, and, like, life is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and you just write this sappy, sappy, sappy record that would be just you and an acoustic. I am there. All about hand jobs from seven hands. <laughs> That's the new Times of Grace record. That's a whole other thing. That's a seven hands of hand jobs. <laughs> That's the name of my band. <laughs> Oh, man. Awesome. Thank you, Adam. Dude, yeah, thank you, man. We appreciate it, dude. Of course. Thank you, guys. Rock it. We didn't even get to all the questions about asking how much uh, a gallon of milk is currently and, you know, all the other prices right questions I had written down. So it's all good. Well, another time. Oh, (laughs) man. The fact that that happened is still one of the craziest things ever. Insane, dude. I mean, well, you know, just being a fan of the show at the same time—that's what you know. I, I'm right. I'm such a huge fan of that show. Like, it just because, did you grow up on it as well? Oh hell yeah! I mean, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I I totally like. People are like, oh, I don't understand what game this. Is. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Have you not ever watched the show? This is, br- oh, damn. It, you know, even even when uh, Drew took over, I was like, uh, I still, I'm still in. Did you see how I'm? Did you see how I made that money game my bitch? I did. No, trust me. I know. I knew exactly. I knew exactly what I was doing. Come on, man. Well, see what's fucked up. Okay, the, the, I, I didn't really want to get into this too far, but but the thing is that what what's fucked up about that is is like I've always wanted to be. I've um, I've tried to get on uh, Wheel of Fortune, um, like yeah. a, and a, a couple other ones. But I always I know what's going to happen. Like if I ever get on, I'm just going to fucking freeze. You know? And yeah, so, exactly. It, yeah, you, there's being a guy that's made it on a game show. You, once you get up there, uh, it's you, you don't really realize what the hell's happening. It's just absolute bedlam. It's madness. So it's uh, yeah. Once once you're in the, the thick of it, you, you're not very uh, as calm and collected as you think you'd, you would be. You know, it's uh, it's just insanity absolute insanity yeah i mean when you're sitting at home you're going why didn't you not see it this way it's so easy it's right there what do you how did you miss that and yeah there's just it's got to be just like shit coming at you everywhere yeah and then you're on stage in the real thing and there's a bunch of bright lights and you know a bunch of people screaming at you and you're you're very confused and it's like uh a dog that's been in a cage for a long time is finally let out yeah and you're excited you're just like yeah 
big, huge, shiny, bright world. Oh, my God. <laughs> like insanity. Wow. That sounds like yeah, so much fun. Not, <laughs> sounds like so yeah. much fun. Did you get, to keep, I, you get to keep any of the shit? I felt drunk and I wasn't. It was nuts. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be. I mean, I can only imagine. Like, yeah. that's got to be the fun. Oh, yeah. Totally cool. I mean, did you keep the stuff? Uh, no, I did not. Um, of course, this is the thing that everybody talks about after the fact is the, the taxes. Yeah. The tax issue. You know, it's, it's um, whenever you, it's, it's like if you win the lottery, you know, when you, uh, when you get, you know, when you're given, awarded something, uh, they look at it, you know, Uncle Sam looks at it like it's um, a pay stub. Yeah, it's like 40% so, you know, or something you, you got to pay on it, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, how you, I don't know, it's different for everybody. You know, you end up giving like between 30 and 40-something percent, yeah. you know, to the government out, out of your tax your taxes. So, you know, when I won 50 grand worth of stuff, yeah, it's like, uh-oh, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I ended up selling both vehicles. But uh, I kept that little camper, man. That was uh, that was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's the cash awesome. has got to be good. What do you do with the cash? You throw a party? Well, I had to give, I had to give a bunch of it back. Buy more to, gear, uh, man. Well, government, yeah, but mm. yeah, <laughs> but the, the le- what's left over? Hey, buy more gear. Yeah, well, of course, you know that that goes towards paying bills. You know? Yeah, that's yeah, I mean, not as a. It's not as exciting as you think. It's not like, oh man, I wasted it all on hookers and blow. I'm like, no, like, oh, I got some bills to pay. It's like, oh, I paid off my that. student loan. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. So, out of that experience, yeah. now when you go on tour with another band, do you go to their merch booth and tell them how much they should be pricing their shit for? Well, price matching? If, if we're no, no, like, like, no, another band is playing. And they set up their merch. Did you go to that merch booth and go? You know what? That twenty-five dollar hoodie should be twenty bucks. And you know, because you're the price king, man. Yeah, right. I can't tell any band how to sell, how much they should be selling their stuff for. You know? Oh, but, come uh, on. They yeah. know. They know you. They can't say no. That shirt's ten dollars yeah. at Walmart. They, they, yeah, right. Exactly. I know how much your your shirts cost exactly to make. Three colors, <laughs> double sided. You're paying seven dollars and forty nine cents per shirt. I will give you seven fifty. Higher or lower? So it goes out seven fifty one. Yeah.
Sucks podcast today.
Grab that song on the uh, brand new record from Crowbar called The Serpent Only Lies. Nearly three decades have passed, and the name Crowbar has been synonymous with heavy for three decades, dude. The Riff Lord himself. Since rising ominously through the swamplands of New Orleans, and I, I gotta read it this way. In 1990, they've been hailed internationally as one of the world's foremost purveyors of crushing melodic sludge. This is 11 albums for Crowbar? That's unreal, dude. Serpent Only Lies. Uh, it's an affirmation of the band's staying power, nod to their legacy, and it's freaking awesome, man. It came out last week on E1, and in uh, that's in the States and then overseas on SPV. So if you get a chance, check it out, dude. Uh, you will enjoy it. It's, it's, the whole record is badass. I mean, you really, really can't go wrong. I don't know where they find the riff. Like the, <laughs> like me and my buddy talk about the riff tree and you know, yeah. like the low-hanging fruit on the riff tree. And, and that dude... I mean, sometimes like you'll hear it and he's even admitted like he'll take some stuff from his own riff catalog that he's had for years, you know, and kind of put it back in. But, dude, every once in a while, it's like, wow, he still comes up with some amazing stuff. So crowbar serpent only lies, man. Check that one out for your damn self. <laughs> good times. Now, speaking of old people, damn. <laughs> a couple of old dudes got in a Twitter fight, which is. Weird in and of itself, uh, but apparently D. Schneider does not like Cannibal Corpse's first record. Why the first one? You know what I mean? I don't know. Why that one in particular? Maybe because it was just so, so fucking shocking, you know, like at the time. Because, you know, Cannibal Corpse was, I, I don't want to say ahead of the time or anything like that, but the, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're you hadn't seen anything like that record before, like especially artwork or anything like that. Eating back to life was like, what the fuck is this? You know, yeah, but it, I mean, besides shredded humans, the rest of that album is just kind of okay. You know, it wasn't until butchered at birth where they, I mean, that was when it was like really messed up. And see, I, I, I bet you that D Snyder is thinking that. Yeah, butchered you're birth probably is, right. He's probably thinking because he's tired. Cause I think he was actually referencing, uh, uh, like some lyrics from Meat Hook Sodomy was was yeah, like exactly. one of the things yeah. he was actually referencing. I think if I remember uh, the interview that he'd uh, done about it, but apparently he talked some shit about uh, about Cannibal Corpse's early records uh, in an interview with Noisy. Was that who it was with? Yeah, it was Noisy. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And uh, and uh, word got back to Chris Barnes, and then Chris Barnes tweeted about it, and uh, and all things went fucking crazy for about thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, the perfect beef. It was perfect. It was you, awesome. I mean, yeah. awesome. I got to say, like, this is some of the best, the best ever. Uh, and there's what's great about it. There's nothing fucking to it. Absolutely yeah. nothing fucking to it, which is what made it <laughs> so completely badass. Um, because if you're going to have us a, a Twitter battle, I don't want to say with Chris Barnes or anybody else. You know, I think that, you know, let's be legit about this right and if you there's there and there's realize no room how, for subtlety yeah real yeah. realize how fucking stupid it is and go yeah okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. one guy goes i don't like this stuff on your first album the other guy goes what the hell are you saying man you don't be a moron the other guy goes you're right you know you got a right to call me a moron because i did it first you're right the other guy goes oh, okay and the and then d goes Okay, cool. We're cool, right? And and Barnes is like, "Yep, we're cool." Hey, rock on, and that's it. Yeah, it was perfect. Just oh, dude, perfect. let's see. I mean, it's a uh, because he said, uh, "Oh, what did he say though?" Uh, it was a response to Chris Barnes. He was like, "Hey, man, that was kind of a dick move." 
Uh, <laughs> and his his response was, I apologize to Six Feet Official, which is Chris Barnes, uh, and, and Cannibal Corpse for what I said. Could have made my point without it. Uh, as Chris said, it was a dick move. So he like straight up apologizes to Chris Barnes for it, uh, for talking shit about his lyrics. And <laughs> Chris's response is great. It's like, I love you, D. Thank you. Sorry I was so harsh. You're a hero of mine. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's it. Fucking amazing. D. D. Snyder is is such a pro. I mean, for if we were to do like on our 100th episode, we got Barney for a hundred minutes. Yeah. For our 200th episode, I want a 200 minute long conversation with D. Snyder. I mean, the guy he's got things to say. He's honest. He's candid. He's always been candid. He's always been smart. He's always been willing to say whatever it is that's on his mind. And what's kept him out of trouble is the fact that the guy. Like it, when he makes a mistake, he he you know owns he, it. it. He owns it, and when he uh, and, but most of the time he doesn't because he's honest and he says what he feels. So it makes it real easy to you know go well. Yeah, sorry you don't like it, but that's how I feel. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. He owns it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, either way, we're wrong, right, or wrong. He owns it. It's awesome and that's what part of what makes him such a compelling personality why everybody wants to talk to him why everybody wants to hear what he has to say and you know granted the guy's 92 93 years old and he still (laughs) rocks out like you know nobody's business but the other thing that's amazing to me is that in 1983 twisted sister was the cannibal corpse yeah (laughs) yeah music you know totally i mean they're they're pushing every boundary that you could possibly push um you know at that point and and the, he's responsible for so much that that, that these guys exactly. that were able to do, you know. And he's he's a, an important guy. I think the the thing that I liked about this uh, Twitter uh, fight more than anything else is it showed what two adults who get into beef can actually fucking accomplish. When you see shit like with uh, with Paul Stanley, who was it? it was like Paul Stanley or no? It was uh, Gene Simmons and. Um, and fucking somebody, Gene Simmons and somebody else, or you know, like it shows what a couple of adults can actually accomplish. But at least D, like, you know, I think he owned that. You know, it's like, well, okay, yeah, I fucked up. I didn't mean to say it that way. I could have, right. you know. So he admits when he's when he's wrong. That's an adult way to fucking handle it. I when he was, I think it was him and Gene Simmons, right? Wasn't it D I Schneider? Think, I think so. I mean, Gene's picked a number of fights yeah, I know. Over the years, but, but I don't think he like held back from that one. I think he was like, well, you know, if you don't like it, fucking eat yeah. it, you know. So yeah. But but I mean, honestly, just this is the adult way to fucking handle things and not have kind of this kind of some weird fucking feud that doesn't I'm, even matter happen i'm kind of bummed that d didn't like you know sort of recognize in cannibal that you know look this is cannibal were an extreme of what you were doing they were 10 years later yeah. they were doing stuff that was more extreme but without what d had done and i don't mean just into a microphone on stage but also into a microphone in front of a congressional yeah. uh, uh uh you know panel the he made it all possible i mean him and zappa led against the pmrc and the, the uh, former mrs al gore uh, tipper um you know he 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 was he fought for cannibal and i guess it, it for me it would have been nice to, for him to go you know i don't get it but i do understand yeah. that these guys came in my in my wake and and i appreciate them for that you know i think that that would have been a cool way to to kind of say it but yeah that wasn't the topic the topic was you know what is it that you, you don't like in metal and he's like i think that stuff's crap yeah. I, I don't want my kids to listen to it 
And, you know, I don't even know that he should apologize for that. I mean, it's like, I got an opinion. Well, this is it. Well, no, no, no. He, he, he apologized for it. He, he didn't apologize for his opinion. He apologizes for using them as an example. I mean, like, if you go back and you kind of read that, that's sort of the, that's sort of the point there is that, that he really, it's not, he's, it's not taking back what he said, really. Uh, or at yeah, least I but, didn't I mean, see it that way. Yeah, but it's it's cannibal corpse. I mean, who w- is wor- worse, you know, lyrically than cannibal? Well, no, no, with that kind of popularity from you know? from D, no from D Schneider, the apology is: I apologize to Six Feet official and corpse official for what I said. Could have made my point without it. As Chris said, uh, it was okay, a dick move. Sense. So he apologized yeah. for making the point with Cannibal Corpse lyrics, not for saying he disliked Cannibal Corpse lyrics. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, and, and it's fine because if he doesn't like Corpse lyrics and he thinks it's disgusting, that's his fucking right. You know, and there's no reason that he should have to like it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's not the point. The point is, is that uh, I get what you're saying is that he could have made it, if that was the topic that they were working on that that what that's a reflection of what he did 10 years earlier versus what was going on with cannibal corpse you know and i agree with that i think he could have made a better point with that uh as being as the fact that he opened the door for stuff like this and made it possible and these guys were still getting vilified for records like this and putting stuff out like this like you know the you know whether this they didn't have the artwork in germany or whatever remember you know like all the stuff that all the controversial stuff that happened in uh around Bertrand at birth there's so much that was going on it's like all the censorship and everything else it's like and that's what he was fighting against all along so it seemed like uh, it kind of goes hand in hand like you're saying yeah i remember my mom freaking out over the lyrics to captain howdy you know it was it's a it's a song by twisted sister but i think by d about satan you know and it's like <gasps> satan uh, no you know, it wasn't pro or anti-satan at all but i mean this is in the wake of kids shooting themselves in the face for satan uh, because they heard it on judas priest album when they spun it backwards you yeah know? that's true so everybody's freaking out about satan and they, you know they didn't glenn benton still hadn't come along yet you yeah. know yeah totally so uh yeah yeah, i but you know as much as like now i mean i won't say that i'm kind of embarrassed for cannibal corpse for their their lyrics but yeah you know as one of those sjw's i i don't uh i i don't find them as entertaining as i used to you know i i I, it kind of is what it is you know it's it's uh it's cannibal you know they can't really change at this point but i feel bad that you know the violence that's been depicted in their songs has not been spread a little bit more evenly at least on a gender basis if nothing else you know well Um, yeah you know you know so it's like yeah "Ah." so it makes me uncomfortable now you know but that's because i'm lame and old but you know it's it's it, it it would the the thing that to remember is that you know when when d and zappa busted down the walls to make uh uh you know that fight against censorship happen they allowed nwa and all the other bands that followed that really pushed the envelope as to what could be uh considered you know explicit and then here comes glenn benton and cannibal corpse and all these guys they come along and they push it so far that like censorship isn't even an issue at this point because it we're so far beyond what's even yeah because it is literally i mean vile you know i mean it's literally to the point where there are no boundaries for this you know i mean it is 
is truly disgusting. And that's kind of made it what it was supposed to be kind of, you know, that was kind of the whole point uh, behind the, the death metal at that point. It's like when you're talking about ripping entrails from a virgin's cunt, you know, these things are, are like, what the fuck, <laughs> you yep. know, and it's supposed to do that. I think that was kind of the point. Uh, now, I did I ever like, you know, take uh, Cannibal Corpse lyrics to heart or anything like that? I don't know. But but at the same time, you know, you, you look at a lot of the stuff uh, that 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 we're speaking and obviously it's not to be taken literally or anything like that. So I don't know. I, I think it's a it's a. It's a snapshot in time, even though now if you look at some of the death metal that that imitates what they did now is it's even worse than what they said then. (laughs) Holy shit. Uh, People come up with some fucking amazing stuff, dude. What's in people's brains is pretty fucking frightening, man. It really, really is. Uh, what's one of the ones that, uh, devourment, have you ever, have you ever listened to devourment before? Uh, oh, dude. Right, yeah. Out of Dallas, those guys, man, uh, they, holy shit. Some creative lists and creative stuff. You're like, what the fuck, man? But I do agree. I think they need to bring men into it a little bit more. You know, I mean, if, if you're, if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be mutilating things, we need to mutilate, uh, you know, everybody, you know, let's, uh, fair, let's make it fair to everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, come on, it's 2016. People. Solving your problems on Twitter, dude. It's important. It's uh, something that we're going to have to learn to do in the new world order with uh, with our new president Trump tomorrow. Uh, so be ready, everybody. All right. Uh, just mark my words. Uh, and I think maybe uh, Adam agreed with me. Right. No, uh, maybe not. Think about this. Like like that bus tape from Trump with Billy Bush. Like we'd have never gotten onto television if it hadn't been for Cannibal Corpse. Well, Really? <laughs> All right, yeah. That's <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, okay, discuss. <laughs> it probably would have made it on TV because Donald Trump will have it on TrumpTV.com, yeah. .net, <laughs> .org, whatever it's going to be because it's going to be great. Uh, so, yeah. And if uh, and by the way, if he doesn't make it, I, I bet you money that we will have an announcement about the new Trump TV channel coming up very soon. So, oh, yeah, the, I think what the, I think this whole thing is a rollout for his next reality show, you know, as a, the, an American president. It's either going to be an American president reality TV show or uh, I lost the American presidency. <laughs> so I, I was a candidate and uh, well, sort of like that, that documentary Mitt. You know, yeah, 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 Mitt yeah. Romney was actually really, really good. You know, Ugh, but still, like the most boring guy ever. Man, the, yeah, but well, are, what, aren't we screaming for that right about now? <laughs> please, please, boring. <laughs> give me Bernie. Give me Bernie. All right, let's wrap this thing up, dude. Uh, make sure you're subscribed, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, find us, find us on social media. I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks, Godless Speaks on Facebook and Spotify. And dig us up, uh, Chucking Godless on Instagram and ChuckingGodless.com. If you want to uh, find our Patreon, we would appreciate your support. So uh, bring it uh, right there, ChuckingGodless.com or Patreon.com slash ChuckingGodless is uh, yet another way to get to us. All right. So uh, do that and you can find me. If you want some music, uh, like actual metal music, music, like more of it, at No Control Radio. I uh, got a little uh, real show that I do, a, a radio show and HD radio station. So 
streaming 24-7 music as well. So hook up with me that way as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, and a uh, shout out to Elysian, who are trying to do a uh, Patreon project at the moment uh, to try to keep their uh, uh, ability to keep touring, keep on making great metal uh keep that going and and you know they were great on our show a few weeks ago so uh, we got to give them a plug yeah totally totally they're not trying to uh you know <laughs> they're, they're not what, what was the what was the headline uh they're 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 not seeking financial aid uh they're trying to you know find another way to monetize the art that they do how about that that's a great better way to put it so you gotta love those you guys great extra stuff for people who are fans Can yeah get in there it's know? a good thing so yeah, hook up with those guys and uh and yeah, till next week, man. I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. This is another Metal Sucks podcast. Listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.